Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another amazing podcast episode. And this episode is going to be a guest appearance episode for the month. And the guest that I have on is Joe Templin. He's an ultramarathoner, a martial artist, and a author for the book, Everyday Excellence, which is an amazing book. And I will definitely recommend you to, you know, go and read that book. And we are going to also talk about the book. And as the book says, Everyday Excellence, the topic for today's podcast episode is going to be excellence and exploration, as both those concepts are so important. And the emphasis on on those concepts are there in the book. And let's just move on with this episode. Welcome, Joe. Rana, glad to be here. Looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to that conversation. Definitely. So moving on, the first thing that I'm going to ask, which is so important, and everyone who's listening to me knows what that question is going to be about. And that's all about origin stories. So tell me what your origin story is like. Is this where I go like all Dr. Evil? I was born in a small fishing village. <laughs> Actually, I was born. I'm, I'm a farm kid by background. My mom was a nun. My dad was military and uh, my mom became a college professor. My dad went into consulting. So anybody who knows me can see that twin set of roots that have helped me to develop to who I am. I'm a polymath. Uh, I prefer that term as opposed to Renaissance man because I can't draw a straight line even with a ruler. Uh, I understand my limitations. Uh, but I have a whole variety of interests. Maybe it helps them ADHD in some capacity, but I've been, I've studied applied physics. I've studied literature, psychology, finance, martial arts, as we talked about psychology. So I've got this vast array of interests that I've gone pretty deep into a lot of them and I try and assemble ideas from them. So if you take a concept from physics, a concept from finance and let them cross pollinate and have some babies, then you can get some really interesting outcomes from it. And so I continuously learn and grow and develop so that I can be of better service to other people. And the book is an outgrowth of that in that uh, one of my friends was busting on me saying that I'm a guru and I should just run his life. I'm like, I don't want to do that, but I can help you out in some capacities. And so what Everyday Excellence is, it's subtitled A Daily Guide to Growing. And it really is a multivitamin for life because if you look at all the different parameters in our life, whether it's our physical health, our mental health, nutrition, education, occupation, communication, relationships, we have the capacity to become more, to be better, to improve across all of these. And so if we can have a cross-functional, almost growth and development plan on a daily basis in small, easy chunks, then over a week, month, year, quarter, years, we can completely and totally bend our curve for our future and get it pointing upward. So that's the origin story. That's pretty great. And as I know, many authors out there would just, you know, put together all the experience that they have, years of experience, understanding their life, their experiences, and all the things that they have learned. So how many years of experience is that in that book? 
somebody was asking me how long it took me to write the book and i said or to have the idea for the book and i'm like it's 30 years and 30 seconds because it's, it's actually more than 30 years it's going back to things that i experienced when i was four and five years old influenced who i am and how i look at the world and there's some stories in there uh, of like what my grandmother told me when i knocked out my older brother when i was 18 months old uh up to things that happened two days before i finished writing the book so when you say origin story we are all an amalgamation of all of our experiences and everybody that we have interacted with over an entire life and so this book is essentially that it is everything that i've learned experienced saw uh done all filtered through my brain and boiled down into something that i hope can help some other people so it's like your origin story the book is the result of the origin story yes wow, that, that's and you don't even have to wait until you know the sequel to get the full flashback wow <laughs> that's really awesome so moving on to the entire thing about excellence. So how do you define excellence? So excellence is sort of like happiness in that it's very, very personal. You know, somebody like LeBron James' definition of excellence is going to be very different than yours or mine. And that's the way that it should be. But excellence is really an attitude that carries over into all areas of what we do. It's a combination of personal and professional pride and a bit of the Shozen mindset of Japan of maintaining the beginner or learner's mind, the, the, the attitude of a child, as Albert Einstein called it, the wonder, the curiosity. So having that balance of hard work, discipline to constantly improve, but at the same time, knowing that I'm not perfect, I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm going to enjoy the journey along the way. And when you can get into that growth mindset that you're applying consistently, that is where you have emerging excellence. Yeah. So it, it all, you know, get ties in with the entire thing of growth process. In a lot of ways, because, you know, if you look at the best in any field, you know, Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl and within a week he's back training so that he can try and win another one. That is a definition of excellence right there. Pablo Picasso was painting into his 80s and changing his style and learning so that he could continue to grow and develop. Marcus Aurelius, as emperor in his early 60s, was going to listen to other philosophers. And when somebody asked him where he was going, he, was, he said, I'm going to learn that which I do not yet know. This is the most powerful man in Rome you know, the philosopher king, and yet he is still striving to improve himself. That is the attitude of excellence right there. So the ego doesn't get, you know, in the way, because many times it happens, right? When you're successful and stuff, ego can get in the way and you just stop growing. So that, right. it's that continual process of growing every single day, no matter where you are, no matter who you are. And you stop growing when your ego basically takes the blood supply that was going towards growth. Mm -hmm. So yes, you, I do have a healthy ego. My friends will, you know, freely point that out and I admit it, but I also know I'm 
good, but I'm not as good as I could be. I'm not where I want. I There's still things to learn. There's still experiences. And so that still having that mindset of understanding my value, but realizing I can still improve. So you look at, you know, Kobe Bryant was an incredible example of this. He'd win a championship and the most depressed he ever was in his life, he said, was the day after he won his first championship. That his mindset changed to not just winning championship, but winning multiple championships and becoming one of the greatest. And so he shifted into having that instead of winner slash champion mindset once to an excellence mindset. And he carried that over into his business dealings in lots of other areas. So it's more self-oriented, you know, it's like self-competition. You're working with yourself. Right. Uh, I was talking with somebody earlier saying, I don't care about, you know, stuff. I, you know, I, I drive an old minivan so that I can put my running buddies in it for races, you know, instead of having a flashy car. You know, I, when I'm not working, I still prefer, you know, nasty old T-shirts and jeans. I don't care about impressing people. I care about competing with myself and improving. And having that attitude of internal uh, challenge as opposed to external gratification and justification is one of the differentiators that can lead to continuous growth and ultimately having a much greater experience here on this plane of existence. Yeah, that's so true. Another thing is that people just stop growing when they think that they don't have anything else to improve upon. And I, something that I really like about your book is that it can give people that wake up call saying that they have things to work on, no matter how much they think that they don't have anything to work on. There are very few perfect people that have ever wandered this earth. And I'm certainly not one of them. Okay? And one of the things that we uh, have found that with like Alzheimer's patients, patients, people who have suffered a stroke or starting to get early stage dementia is doing things that forces the brain to wire new connections. So brushing your teeth with your other hand, trying to learn a new skill or a new instrument or language or exposure to new concepts and theories forces the brain to continue to grow, develop. It's called neuroplasticity and it continuously rewires. And that is one of the best ways combined with exercise to stave off the mental aging process. So I pointed out like Marcus Aurelius, um, Pablo Casals is a great cellist who even in his nineties was still practicing. And when asked why he responded, because I think I can get better. And having that sort of approach means that you never cap out on yourself. And so every day becomes an adventure in some capacity. There's still something to learn, a new challenge, a new way to grow. And that actually is the best way to maintain your youth all the way into old age. And with the world that we are living in, there's so many things to do. There's like thousands and thousands of things and you will never like, you know, get to that point that you have done everything. Perfect. The world is at everyone's fingertips. For example, MIT has their entire course curriculum on YouTube. The entire MIT course curriculum for undergraduate, you can tap into. There are hundreds of experts on any subject that you want to learn. There is no reason other than laziness or ego for somebody to not continuously learn and grow and develop in an area that they want to improve on. There's absolutely no reason for somebody to not 
grow and develop their skill set to be able to get a better job, to improve within their current field, to master something that they've always wanted to learn within reason. I mean, there's some things that are actual physical skills that you have to practice and do, but if it's learning a language, if it's uh, understanding a particular area, if it's uh, even visiting museums, and now every single museum basically is online, you can see any great piece of art it's not quite like being five feet from it, but you can literally get your exposure to this. So we have all the tools to give everybody the world at their fingertips for continuous growth. The question is, are they going to utilize it? That, that's very important. And they have to have that realization that they want to work on something, then they'll utilize it. Right. And they might not realize what it is that they want to work on. And so having that curiosity factor, you know, because you want to talk about exploration, one of the things that I do is I'll open up Wikipedia. If I have like a free 15 minutes, which doesn't happen too often these days, but I'll just open up, go to the homepage and see what's happened on this date. And there'll be random things. I'll click a couple of links and I'll learn something that I don't know. So I'll just explore. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's interesting. So being open-minded and seeking experiences or knowledge for no other purpose than to continuously grow and challenge yourself is one of the ways to broaden your horizons in a lot of ways but then if i get a couple of nuggets and pearls of insight from these things i can then integrate that with my current knowledge base what i'm already doing and be able to make myself better and very often i have no clue what i'm gonna find when i open up wikipedia or if i get the fact of the day or you know go to dictionary.com and get the word of the day but it is this continuous mindset of improvement human kaizen as it were and it's so important. Another thing is that many times people stop themselves because of identity issues. They will say that it's not for me. And that's such a big barrier. Are you a human? Then knowledge is for you. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, that's true. And plus, the thing is that this thing about excellence and this continuous growing state only happens when you start to understand the aspect and the concept of you is very fluid. You, you can change every single day. You're changing every single day. Your interests are going to change. Your ideologies are going to change. Your belief systems, values, everything's going to change on a year-to-year basis. So- and that's why I talked about Shozen, the mind, beginner's mindset. Look at a little kid. Okay, look at a toddler. Is a toddler going to give up trying to walk because they fall down on their butt 15 times? No, they're going to get up and they're going to keep trying and pushing and going further. And eventually they're climbing up and stealing the cookie jar. Okay. Because they want to grow and develop. You know, little kids can pick up language. Little kids learn skills and techniques constantly. Why do as we mature or, you know, level up, as I like to say, why do we abandon that? I, what I would say is that it's good that we don't live in a world where children say that, no, I'm, I'm a crawler. I don't want to walk. You know, I'm so happy that doesn't happen. But as soon as they get into high school, you know, you start seeing a lot of that conservative tendency. Go, oh, I can't. I can't. You know what? I can't draw or paint very well. And I've got a painting there that I did with my Cub Scouts. And I was like, you know, you guys will probably paint a better campfire than I do, but I'm still going to try it. And 
the couple of them that were trepidatious about it, they actually did really well. And they're like, thank you, Mr. Templin, for helping us out, for making us try this. So leading by example, being willing to look foolish because you want to grow is something that we need to see more of, whether it's on the parent level, in the schools, within uh, the professions and industry, having people who are willing to say, I don't know all the answers, but let's figure it out. Or this might be beyond my capability, but I'm going to try. And being able to adopt that mentality is how we're going to continuously grow as individuals and as species. This entire thing about excellence, I, I would consider excellence to be a state of mind, like you said, you know, like something in which you're just growing and you're continuously growing. That's when you are in excellence, the state of excellence. And it's not just you're growing, but it's how you're exhibiting it. For example, like um, if I'm cooking a meal, mm -hmm. I'm purposely trying to make that meal taste good, aren't I? Yeah. Okay. So that's an exhibition of the mindset of excellence. If I'm raking leaves out in the, the uh, front yard, I'm going to make sure that I do a good job and I get most of the leaves. I'm not going to half-ass it because that's not the way that I am. I have this excellence mentality. So if I'm going to write something for work, I'm going to do the best that I can on that particular job. I'm not going to goof around. I'm not going to mail it in as the case may be. So if you're working for somebody else, one of the best ways to impress them is to do the best that you can within that situation. And that's going to be seen. That gives you promotion opportunities. That means that you're exhibiting excellence. That makes the organization better. And if you're a mid-level individual and the brand new hire sees you doing things right and doing it with your heart, that's going to impact them. And they're more likely to put forth a good quality effort. And too many people are like, eh, whatever, whatever, whatever. But if we have more people who are really putting their heart into whatever it is that they're doing, that's going to have impact to the society as a whole. It's like that kind of thing, you know, you do more than you're meant to do. Yeah. Don't half-ass things, as my mom used to tell me. That's a good thing. Definitely. So moving on, the book. So when you had the book and you made the book, what would you say to the people that are going to read it? Like what audience did you have in mind when you were, you know, going through the book and the book was published? So the audience that I had in mind is not a particular subset. Like this isn't written for engineers or financial planners or for people between the ages of 22 and 25 years old living in Minneapolis, Minnesota, or anything like that. It was more looking at aspects and ideas, mindsets. So Carol Dweck in her research determined that there's roughly 40% of the population has what's determined to be as a growth mindset, as opposed to the fixed mindset. Growth mindset means that you understand that you can improve, that through effort and attitude, you can get better skills, that you can improve your outcome in life, that you can get promoted, what have you. So I was really focusing on people who are like, okay, I can improve through some effort. I can make a better life for myself as opposed to just going, woe is me. That's the way it is. I'm stuck in this dead end job or I'm always going to be overweight or that's just the way that I am. 
Okay, so that 60% of the population, this book is not for them because they're not going to change until they want to change. Yeah. Something has to happen to them. So like they either need to, you know, go bankrupt. They need to, you know, be caught doing bad things and, you know, their life be in absolute chaos. They need to want to change until they reach that point. You can give them all the guidance in the world. It's throwing pearls before swine. They're going to discount it. They're not going to appreciate. They're not going to do anything. But that 40%, which is probably your listeners who want to get better. This is written for them. And we improve not in these huge movements by making these big jumps. It is through small everyday evolution. It is the constant improvement, human Kaizen, as I said. It is the little steps. As Zeno Saitium said, well-being is made of little things, but it's no small thing. So these little steps that need to be taken. And so every single day as people, we make roughly 10 to 15,000 micro decisions, these little choices. And as Colossus tells Deadpool in Deadpool 2, four or five moments, four or five moments is what determines if somebody's a hero. For us as people, the outcome of our day is determined by four or five micro decisions. Those little choices that either point our arrow up for the day or down. And so if I can help people make those four or five slightly better choices consistently over weeks, months, and ultimately years, they are going to have much better days stacking up to having a much better overall life. And so, again, it comes down to that little things, that compounding of better interest. And the structure of the book is designed to be a daily reader. So I call it a multivitamin for life because we're hitting on education, nutrition, physical health, mental health, communication, relationships, all these different aspects. And I am smart enough to know that other people are smarter and can say things much better than I can. So every day begins with a quote from somebody, whether it's the Buddha or Bruce Lee or Rosa Parks or Oprah Winfrey or Albert Einstein. Then we have discussion and analysis around that, which gives some insight for the people. But the important component is that instead of this being all theoretical, it needs to be translated to reality. People need to do stuff. Motivation comes from action. And every day there is an action item that the individual has to do that takes the concepts that were just explored and bring them into their life. They basically practice what they were reading and that then changes them on a small basis but those small changes add up into big results. <coughs> so, for example, what's your birthday? My birthday is 13 June. 13 June, okay. Mm-hmm. So the quote for that day is from the great Vin Scully, the announcer for the Dodgers. And the quote is, losing feels worse than winning feels good. So psychology tells us that we need five to seven positive thoughts to offset every negative one to maintain neutral mental position because losing hurts badly. That is why so many people are afraid to take risks. It hurts to fail and it hurts worse when others talk about it and compound the pain. So too many people avoid it altogether. However, 
you can harness that feeling to get better. Michael Jordan famously got cut from his high school team and he carried that pain inside to fire his drive, become one of the greatest basketball players ever. In fact, when he was initiated into the basketball hall of fame, he invited the guy who took his spot on his high school team to his installation to have him there because he still carried that fire 30 years later. That's one of the ways that you get excellence. So there's more discussion, you know, about Dombrowski and post-traumatic growth and things like that. Uh, But then the action item, when was the last time that you lost? How did you feel in your gut? If it made you sick, what did you learn from it to improve your game that you should remember today? That's a good question. Okay, and that's one that's a little bit more complex in terms of how long the action item takes. That should take a couple of minutes of contemplation. But if you contemplate something like that in the morning, how is that going to impact your decisions throughout the day? It's going to make you be a little bit more conscientious. It's going to make you look at the opportunities to win. It's going to make any small losses that day, you'll analyze them and not make the same sort of mistakes. So that day, you're going to improve overall and every single day for the entire year we have discussion and analysis like that to help you improve in some capacity on a going forward basis and the active interaction is so important people get so much out of that active interaction those questions are such a good way to direct their mind and bring them into a high state of awareness that's what i really like about this book this book really just brings people together and just helps them become more aware of what's going on they can ask questions. And there are very personal questions too on it. So this is not me saying you need to do this to be successful. This is you asking yourself the question and determining what you need to do based on your unique situation to improve the outcome. So everybody's going to read the same pages, but what they're going to take from them and how they're going to utilize them is going to be completely different. And in the end, who has to do the work? It's the reader. And so if they're willing to put effort into it, they're going to get results that reflect it. And this entire book is like an invitation to the person who's reading, you know? You're inviting them to ask this question to themselves. Yes. And so uh, I'm in a discussion group with one of my buddies. He's a manager for a company and he invited his sales team in. And so they all have copies of the book and every day we have a little bit of discussion around it. And each one of those individuals is growing and developing along their own path. And you can see who's got the more closed fixed mindset and who's truly got the growth ones and you can see how certain individuals interact and end up pushing each other to unlock their individual excellence and that's really cool to sit back and watch the individuals push each other because they care about the ultimate outcome for each other they want to both reach the mountaintop together instead of one saying i have to push you down so that i get up there they're helping each other achieve these greatness that's really beautiful to see that. Definitely. So let's just say that there is a person who just got out of that, you know, fixed mindset and they get, got that realization and they now want to improve and they, mm-hmm. you know, stumble upon your book. So will that book be able to help them take from that state 
and get to a more aware state and work, help them work on their growth. Yes, it will. And if they're early in their growth journey, their, their capacity is not necessarily going to be great. Uh, the analogy that I use is I run ultra marathons. So I go out and I, I'll do, uh, you know, 50 plus miles, 75 miles in a day. Okay. I was not like this. Okay. It took me a long time to ramp up my distance, to get enough speed, to learn the nutrition, allow my body to get in that position. Okay. You don't go from the couch to even doing a marathon in a week. Typically it's four to six months of consistent effort to get there. So this person who's literally just getting off the couch on their journey, don't try and do too much. Getting off the couch and going around the block is better than sitting there and just eating chips for the afternoon. So it's the little steps, but it's the consistent things. It's just like investing for your future. If you invest on a regular basis, you put money aside every single week, you're building a habit and the amount that you're going to contribute, you can put more into it. If you're getting off the couch and you're going out and you're running a kilometer and you do that every day for, uh, for a week, then you can go one and a half kilometers. Then the next week you can go two kilometers and you can ramp it up to where you're doing 42 kilometers in a marathon, but you have to start someplace and you have to be consistent. You can't go out and run, you know, five miles one day and then not run again for another week and then think that you're going to improve. You need to do it every single day. So same thing like this, you get a little bit better today. You get a little bit out of it. You make one better decision tonight out of the 10,000. That's a win. Okay. And you keep moving forward. And after a week, you're making two better decisions per day. You know what? That's a win. You're pointing up a little bit more than you were down. Another couple of weeks go by and now you're making three better decisions per day. But it's a compounding effect. And so instead of it slowly declining like it was because of entropy, now you're at least remaining in neutral. But you're understanding the return on your effort. And so you're feeling good and you're getting the reinforcement. And then you can make a, one better decision per day overall. And you got just the slightest uptick. But after a couple of weeks, you realize it and you see it. And you're like, oh, I'm glad I'm not where I was two months ago. And then you can do slightly better. And that's how you slowly build a full growth mindset from a neutral or negative one. Yeah, that's know that you know, that way through which you just, you know, slightly get better. That's such a good mindset to be in because at that point, when you're just getting out of that, you know, phase that you were in, in which you just didn't want to do anything. And now you want to do something. Many people overestimate, they overestimate their, you know, way of being. They think that they can just achieve something in a month or two and getting out of that mindset and being in that mindset of working on a thing every single day and keeping it a bit low in terms of expectations, that's such a good way to start. I mean, over my head, you see, I've got good old Teddy Roosevelt up there. Mm -hmm. As TR said, do what you can where you are with what you have. Mm -hmm. Whereas Dr. Martin Luther King said, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever it is, just to slightly improve. But if you're slightly improving even once a week overall, at the end of three months, you've got noticeable improvement. It might not be as fast as somebody else, but you know what? I'm never going to win a marathon because there are people who so much faster than me and that's okay. I'm still going that full 26.2 miles and we get the same medal at the end. 
So we, we all have this journey. Some people might be doing it faster than others. You know what? Some people are built different ways, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, what have you. But as long as you're getting better on your journey, that's the point. I, I keep saying to people, this entire thing of competing with others is rigged because anytime you try to work with that and you beat someone, there'll be someone even better to compete with. And it's not going to end. It's never going to end. Well, part of this is people have anxiety because of social media. They're looking on like Instagram or TikTok and they see this fitness model who's five years into their journey mm-hmm. and looking incredible. And I've been working out for like one month and I still feel like dog crap and I'm all doughy and, you know, I've got, you know, not a six pack, but more of a keg. And why sh- I can't compare their five year journey to my five days into it. Okay. I can compare myself now to where I was a week ago. I can compare myself to where I was six months ago. And that's the right comparison. Compare yourself to yourself where you were and your potential. Because guess what? I'm not going to the NBA. I'm under six foot tall and I can't dunk and, you know, I got tiny hands. I'm not athletic, but I can compare myself to myself overall. Did I do the work that I need to do to improve and get towards where I want to be? Whether it's in my career, whether it's with my athletics, whether it's with my relationship, whether it's with my health, whether it's with my education, that competition is one that I can win. And it's so funny to even know that, you know, you're looking at that person who has that five years of fitness journey. That person is going to look at someone who has 10 years of fitness journey and they're going to judge themselves based on that person. And they're going to feel just as bad about themselves. So here's the thing. Forget it. Eat the cupcake. Eat the cupcake and do, do the squats, work out. And the way to have a body that you like is to like the body that you're in. Know that you can improve, have a comfortable thing that you're doing. And anybody else, forget them. It doesn't matter. And it's so funny. At the end of the day, we think that we are at different levels. We are at different points in our life. But at the same time, we all feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, as a martial artist, I competed in kata forms, and I loved them. And there were people who had these, you know, incredibly intricate forms that were designed for tournaments and all that. And I didn't care. I was doing the traditional forms that are hundreds of years old. And did I care about what they did? I cared about what I did. Okay, was my foot in the proper position? Did I have full extension? Did I do this? Did I have the pop? Was my accuracy, power? How's my spirit? Can I, where can I improve to make better me? I don't care about them. I'm not competing about them. I'm competing against me. And having that attitude is how you develop excellence in multiplicity of ways. And you will get the rewards and the rewards. Okay, I'm not going to make $50 billion. I'm never going to be a tech mogul. Okay, I'm not going to have you know private jets and all that sort of stuff. I'm going to have what I want though. I'm going to be happy with it. Okay. He who is content with little will be content. He who is not content with little will have little to be content with. That's so true. And always keep that expectation open. You know, anything can happen in this world as long as you're open to it. Right. And as um, Chamberlain said, you know, I expect history to be kind to me because I intend to write it. We get to write our story. Every single day, you get 
86,400 seconds. You get to determine what to do with them. I could take the afternoon off and, you know, sit there and drink beer and, you know, look at the, you know, birds and all that sort of stuff. Or I can go and I can go for a run. I can go work out and I can keep, you know, writing and doing more podcasts and helping other people out. I get the choice to do that. I get the results of that. So those of us who want to have a greater impact, there is nothing stopping us from working more hours, working more intelligently, learning more, building relationships with other individuals, pushing ourselves physically, pushing ourselves spiritually, pushing ourselves mentally to become and do more. We get to determine what our success level is and we get to determine whether it's time to take a break. Too many people are taking way too many breaks overall and they're like, oh, that's good enough. I'm tired, okay? As opposed to other people are like, no, I can do more. I've been given gifts. I need to contribute back to the world and society because that's what's expected of me. And that's what I expect of myself. Yeah, that's so true. Now that now that we are coming to an end for this podcast episode, so just to set everything straight and just to you know, bring together this podcast episode, I'm just going to ask you that, you know, let's say that there's a listener out there who wants to take down the notes and stuff. And knowing that this is a very long podcast episode, he's not going to be able to take every, he or she is not going to be able to take everything down. So let's say that you have to choose some points as a bullet pointer that they can just note down really quickly. What would those bullet points be? The essence of it comes down to, we get to make the choice. Okay. Those micro decisions. Ultimately, you get to choose between the easy path or the harder or right path in every decision. Choose the harder path and you're ultimately going to end up in a much nicer place. Yeah, that, that's a good way to you know, sum this entire thing up. That's so great. Amazing. So now coming off to the end of the podcast episode uh, and to the, all the listeners out there, I will give the link to the book, Everyday Excellence, down the description. I'll also leave all the social media links that Joe has so you can reach out to him if you want to or you can reach out to me as well my links will also be down the description and that's about it for this podcast episode I hope you guys enjoyed it I hope you got to learn a lot from Joe and from the things that I said I hope it helps and to anyone out there know that you have to work on yourself every single day know that you have a lot of things ahead of you we also have a lot of things ahead of us as well and we are all human at the end of the day so know that and always keep working on yourself and I'll see you in my next podcast episode. So bye-bye. Ron, thank you. Be excellent and grow today. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah.